this may not be what the creators intended, but like it can't be an accident that this is in there. Look, I remember it fondly because it had dinosaurs, <laughs> but I remember it unfondly for every other reason. The Black Donnelly's is pure gold, and you guys are wrong. Joey Ice Cream uh, for president. I'm just saying that selfie belongs in the Criterion Collection. Is it working? Uh, <laughs> no. Never, never has anything worked for me in my life, Ronnie. <laughs> Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. The presence of others may awaken the evil in me, and I'm Evan. I'm here to burgle your turts, and I'm Ronnie. <laughs> One of the all-time great lines. Yeah. Great yeah. line. Yeah, top, uh, probably top five over-the-garden-wall uh, quotables. As you can tell by those introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we cover television shows which have only lasted for a single season, except for when we don't do that. We are currently covering Cartoon Network's Over the Garden Wall. Before we get into that, I have a bit for us. What's the bit? What's the bit? What's the bit? What's the bit? So, last year, my friend sat me down and said, you have to watch Over the Garden Wall. I watch it every fall. And you are, you're here now for my over the garden wall viewing. And I watched it. It was fall. And then here I am continuing that tradition now on my own, watching over the garden wall with the two of you for my second fall in a row. And I feel like I'm going to do this until I die. (laughs) What do you do to signify that it's the fall times? Mm. What, what's your, what's your, I've done this thing and now it's fall. Is it is it a thing you watch? Is it do you get your pumpkin spice latte? Do you carve a pumpkin? Do you throw rocks at cops? How do you decide it's fall? Throwing rocks at cops is a, is a, is a, is a year round affair. It is a year round affair. That's true. Sure. Uh, easy for me. My birthday is October seventh. My birthday is the start of fall times. Oh, I get I get that's uh, fair. I get to start my fall off with a bang every year, even if I don't do anything that big. I like when my birthday is. Good time for a birthday. Um, it's pretty good. Denim jacket. Whenever I can bust my denim jacket out, it's fall, baby. I hate being warm and sweaty, and so there is not. It's 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 even touch and go in fall as to when I can get that out and throw that on. But we went to a fall fest um, early in or late September, and I saw people walking around with denim jackets, and I said, I forgot that I had my fucking denim jacket at home. It's fall. It's time to put some fancy enamel pins on that baby, wear it out and about. It shows people that I am indeed queer because of the pins. Mm-hmm. Um, gays love an enamel pin. Well, I should say specifically, queers love an enamel pin. The gays, yeah. the cishet, or the cis gay, I'm sorry, I can't say cishet gays. That's not a thing. The cis gays, <laughs> the cis male gays, uh, I don't think that they care about enamel pins, but the rest yeah. of the queers love the enamel pins. Yeah. Yeah, denim jacket, cuff my black jeans. It's go time, baby. It's fall. Noise. Yeah. I think for me, it used to be a pumpkin spice latte, but they come out so early now. Like, they, like mm-hmm. I got one for my birthday one year, uh, which means it was out on August 9th. So, like, that's that's way too early. That's summer. Uh, Your birthday's so... August 9th? Yeah. It's my yours. Birthday's, my birthday's August 9th. It's yours. What? That's, such a, that's such a wild question if you don't know that my birthday is indeed your yeah, birthday. Yeah, it's yours. It's yours. Bad, is this bad yours improv, too? babe. It's yours too? Yours too? 
Yours too? Uh, All of my improv is good. So what is what is your thing now? I don't know. I don't know what my thing is now. Maybe I mean like Renfair. Like Renfair sure. is always fall. Like that's that's a big that's a big thing. Um and like I don't know. I feel like every every spooky time we watch Hocus Pocus or Lost Boys. So like those are two, mm-hmm. two real gay fall activities. I feel like from now on, my 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 daughter, my oldest child, um, I don't know where she got it. Loves spooky season. Loves it so much. Did not. I did not like give her that. That was not a thing that I had, so I couldn't give her. Uh, she is a big, like, what's the next thing? My birthday, mm-hmm. then your birthday, what's the next thing? And so, well, then it's going to be spooky season. And as soon as she, like, it, it's immediately after my birthday because the next thing is spooky season. And she's just like, yeah, I love spooky season. <laughs> um, and so that's a good, that is also a good litmus test because it gets, it gets to be spooky season well before it is actually spooky season uh, in my house, which I feel like maybe spooky season could extend uh ahead of the fall a little bit um the autumn you know so to speak um Mm. but yeah once once it's once lila realizes what what time of year it is it's like all right bag of bones she calls skeletons bag of bones she goes look at all these bag of bones (laughs) that's adorable (laughs) yeah i think i think like lee pace is also a good uh part of the fall is, His performance is. in the fall is great. Sure. Yes. Okay. That is good. Good joke. Good funny joke. Thanks. People extremely know what you're talking about because everyone's heard, mm-hmm. seen and or heard of the fall. Three three of our listeners just went, "Oh, I love that movie. I love that movie. It's got Lee Pace in it. It's it makes about me cry every time. People, I think. Yeah, a very depressing movie. In fact. Oh, but, but it. It's but not you love a sad it's melancholy. Lee Pace. You love well, a sadly I do, pace. I do. I do like that movie, but I, it is, you know, you gotta be, you gotta really be in a mood. I did cry my goddamn eyes out the first time I watched it. All right, let's talk about uh, let's talk about uh, donning our vegetables. Let's it's don time. our vegetables and talk about these episodes of Over the Garden Wall. Evan, we watched four. Yeah. 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 We watched four episodes of Over the Garden Wall, four chapters, if you will. Um, what what happened? What happened in them? Uh, episode five is called "Mad Love." Uh, Wirt and Greg are still uh, trying to get to Adelaide of the Pasture uh, in the hopes that she will somehow get them home. Uh, so they know that they have to uh, take a ferry. To, to get where they're going, to get to Adelaide. So they uh, go to the mansion of this rich, eccentric man named Quincy Endicott, and they claim to be his uh, long-lost nephews. I don't know what they tell him about the talking horse, but the talking horse is also there. Um, the talking uh, bird, he has no questions. He's fine with that. Yeah. With a, a talking horse? <laughs> um... So, Greg and Beatrice and Frank the Talking Horse are all like, we can steal from this guy. It's not a big deal. He's so rich. He keeps talking about how rich he is. Like, it's fine. We can just steal our two pennies from him. And Wirt is concerned. He has moral quandaries about uh, stealing two pennies from this man, even though he is 
so fabulously wealthy that he literally hasn't been to all the rooms in his house. Um, but uh, Greg convinces him to go looking for the ghost that he saw in one of the rooms of his house to try to distract him so that they can steal from him. Um, and they make it all the way into a part of his house that he has never been to before. And he realizes that his mansion is so large that it actually connects to the neighboring mansion, which is owned by a, uh, a beautiful lady who's also his greatest business rival. They have rival companies. I think they sell tea or something. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Anyway, they, uh, they go, they each think that the other one is a ghost that has been in their house for the last several years. But in actuality, their mansions are so big that they um, uh, were built into each other at some point, uh, and they fall in love. And as a reward, each of the two gives them a penny for the fairy uh, to, to say thank you for bringing them together. Um, oh, they also, they also learn from a conversation with uh, Beatrice that she was once a human but she was cursed by a bluebird to be a bluebird and that Adelaide can change her back. That's how it works with bluebirds, how it works with gay people. You yeah. got to be nice. That's why Taylor Swift made that song about being nice to the gays because she she did indeed get cursed by a gay and now she's a gay. Yeah. Um, more, more on that on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> so much on that on Patreon. Um, <laughs> Uh, so the ferry that they have to take is inhabited by frogs. I guess the bro- frogs own the ferry. Unclear. There's a bunch of frogs wearing clothes, uh, fancy clothes, and they are on the ferry. So uh, they, so as to not stick out amongst the frogs because they're feeling a little bit weird and concerned, uh, they dress up. Uh, the- Greg has a frog, you will recall. And the frog sits on Wirt's shoulders, and they pretend to be a very tall frog, and uh, Greg pretends to be a drum, and uh, they do they all do a little song together. Um, but Beatrice is like acting kind of like weird and concerned, uh, and when they when they get off the ferry, she's trying to convince them not to not to go see Adelaide after all, and they're like, uh. But the, you wanted us to go see Adelaide, the the kind woman of the pasture, and she's just like, eh. um. So Beatrice then goes to Adelaide's cottage, and uh, from their conversation, we learn that in fact Beatrice has uh been intending to hand the boys over to Adelaide to be her little boy servants. And this is the payment that Adelaide has demanded for breaking her curse and turning her and her family back into humans. Um, and she has grown attached to Greg and Wirt, so she's trying to convince Adelaide uh, not to stuff the little boys' heads full of wool and make them her little boy servants. Um, but unbeknownst to her, uh, Greg and Wirt have followed her and they, they catch her in conversation with Adelaide, and they're like, oh no, uh, Beatrice is going to betray us. And Beatrice is like, it's not what it looks like. 
but they're very upset, obviously, that their friend was going to betray them, and so they, they run away. Um, they come, because they have run off into the woods, they come to a spooky-looking cottage. It's very spooky, and there's a little, or not a little girl, a young woman named uh, Lorna there, and she seems very uh, frail and afraid and panicky, and she tells them they have to hide from Auntie Whispers. Um, and so she hides them in a barrel full of little turtles. Uh, Auntie Whispers tries to uh, compel Lorna to tell her uh, if there are little children about. She has a magic bell that she rings, and Lorna has to do what she says when she rings the bell. Um, but... Uh, Auntie Whispers doesn't find Greg and Wirt, but she keeps making ominous references to them being gobbled up, to the children being gobbled up. And of course, naturally, uh, Wirt and Greg assume that this spooky Baba Yaga-looking lady, Auntie Whispers, <laughs> is going to gobble them up if she finds them there. Um, so, uh, Lorna, Auntie Whispers gives Lorna all of these uh, difficult... Uh, and tiring chores, and uh, Greg and Wirt work are like, if we help you finish the chores before Auntie Whispers gets back, but, like, she has to do the chores because she's been compelled by the bell. So they're like, if we help you do the chores before Auntie Whispers gets back, we can all run away together, and then you'll be free. And Lorna's like, oh, I don't know, but... Maybe it will be different this time. Maybe this will be fine. So they help her finish her chores. Um, and just as they're about to escape, uh, Greg accidentally alerts Auntie Whispers that they're trying to escape. And uh, Lorna, rather than Auntie Whispers attempting to eat them, uh, Lorna the, turns into a horrible, uh, graspy hand flying spirit creature she she gets real nasty and ugly and she uh uh tries to tries to chase them down and eat them uh but they use the bell the bell that commands Lorna or the spirit inside Lorna I guess uh they use the bell to command the spirit to get out of Lorna and go away and so they save Lorna from the possession of this evil spirit that had been uh, forcing her to eat little children. Uh, and then she goes back home with Auntie Whispers, who was a goodie all along. It turns out she was just trying to prevent Lorna from turning evil and, uh, and eating little children. Uh, but Auntie Whispers uh, warns them of her sister, Adelaide, who is bad and and no good. Dun, dun, dun! Dun, dun, dun! Um, episode 8 is called Babes in the Wood, um, and they fall asleep, uh, Greg and Wirt uh, fall asleep near a tree. Uh, Wirt has been, like, very despondent and thinks that they're never going to get out of here and thinks that they should stop kidding themselves that they're ever going to get home. Uh, but Greg is still, like, hopeful that they're going to be okay. Um, and Greg has this weird dream, this very strange 
dream where he has to save a little society of uh like cartoon and i mean everybody's a cartoon but they're a specific type of animation uh like candy creatures uh from the north wind um and he like you know after having defeated the north wind he's uh going he's like coming back out of his dream he, like and uh a character in his dream uh points out that wirt is uh like being consumed by the tree they fell asleep against because he's lost hope and he's becoming one of the trees that the woodsman uh uh crushes into oil for his lantern and that's you know this is what happens when you lose hope in the forest you become a tree and then you get burned for uh lantern oil the character in his dream convinces him to leave Wirt behind uh and the character in his dream it turns out was the beast and the beast has is trying to kidnap greg um but when Wirt realizes that greg has been kidnapped by the beast he wakes up and shakes all the branches off of him and uh runs after greg that last one was weird because uh there was a the dreams the dream sequence was very uh disorienting mm -hmm. but yeah the the beast has kidnapped greg and wirt uh was about to be turned into a tree because he he's lost all hope but uh his desire to save greg from the beasts uh sort of like motivates him out of his hopelessness and he runs to try to save greg from the beasts and that's where we're at that's where we're at. Uh, we watched four episodes of it, of this show. Uh, and you know I gotta ask it. Hey, Andy. Hey, Ronnie. These four episodes of Cartoon Network's Over the Garden Wall, did they work for you? You know what, Ronnie? They sure did. Oh. This show's great. Oh, it makes me good. happy. That's good. It's good to hear. Yeah. I like, I like when you're happy. That makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Evan. Yes, Ronnie. These four episodes of Over the Garden Wall, did they make you happy? Did they work for you? They, they sure did. I love them. This show is near perfect. I do have one critique this time, but only one. It's a near perfect show. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Did these four episodes of Over the garden wall work for you but yes oh i didn't even, i didn't even track that that went incredibly smoothly yeah, yeah um, that's the only good one we've ever done congrats i mean i oh, guess the garden wall earned it yeah uh yeah this show is real good um i like it a lot and it makes me uh very happy um i'm very excited to be done recording this because that means I can watch the show in its entirety, which means my children can watch the show in its entirety, which has I, I has been a, a an uphill battle trying to keep that uh, keep that rule in place. Um, but yeah, I I will because my kids like it. I will be watching this show uh, frequently, and I've never been happier about that in my life. Yeah, 
Your kids have good taste, Ronnie. It they turns do. out they like I, I am stuff. not applying. I'm not applying that statement to anything else that they have done ever. But uh, mm. all I know about them is that they like over the garden wall. So they must they must know something. Yeah. 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 Um, gosh, I, 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 I do want. Does it make sense for you to get your? Yeah, because I think that's the anomaly. Evan, what what critique do you have uh, of this near perfect show? Uh, I didn't like the dream sequence. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I thought um, it kind of dragged on for a while for no real reason. It didn't add a lot to everything else that was happening in the show. It didn't mm -hmm. seem like tightly thematically connected and I, I didn't particularly love the like weird style of animation that they chose that is not to say that it's terrible it's certainly what like it was not <laughs> it was not like a bad sequence mm -hmm. it just didn't feel as tight as the rest of the show it felt a little bit like out out of step with the rest i mean One i think it is supposed to be uncomfortable like mm -hmm. greg's imagination is weird and unsettling and he's kind of like a weird kid it's not that I was unsettled by it. It just, like I but said, like it, it, it's, it's, it's like watching Wizard of Oz. I've never seen Wizard of Oz, but I imagine watching Wizard You've of Oz is weird and uncomfortable. Never seen the Wizard, Wizard of Oz? Oz. No. I feel like that's a thing that like conservative parents love. They they must love the Wizard of Oz, right? Oh. Is this what it's like, Andy? When someone tells you they don't, they've never seen Star Wars. No, plenty of people haven't seen Star Wars. So then you are admitting that everyone except you has seen The Wizard of Oz? Well, no, but I'm just saying, like, when people tell me that they haven't seen Star Wars, I'm not, like, shocked. Just like, oh, I, I I like it. I always say, hey, uh, you know, if if you're curious, you should check out the originals. They're pretty good. I'm gobsmacked. We should watch The Wizard of Oz. Um, okay. We could do an audio commentary for the Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz. The, the Wizard of Oz. It's it's interesting that you bring that up because as I was watching, and and it ties into Evan's point here, as I was watching um, this this round of episodes, it began to f be, began to feel to me very um, much like uh, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, very Lewis Carroll. Um, and in a similar vein, I think that you could argue that, that, uh, Wizard of Oz and the Oz series is, is in that similar vein of just somebody has to learn a thing and they go through, uh, a series of incredibly like strange, nonsensical, um, obscure things that eventually help them learn that thing, but are mm -hmm. on their own inscrutable. Mm -hmm. Um, and the thing about both Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and The Wizard of Oz is they are both dreams. And that, I think, Dude, spoilers. ties into... Oh, yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, for, for, for movies made, for books written in, in 1920 and movies made in 1940, I want to say. I, I don't think I've seen Alice in Wonderland either. Um. Yeah, I'm more speaking to the book, which is better yeah. than the movie, and and much fewer people have have enjoyed that. Um, all to say that, like, to put a dream sequence into this world feels like putting a hat on a hat. Like this, this is what what you did in the dream is not something you couldn't have just done 
in this fantastical world you've already built. We've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he could have just are... met these characters and creatures and yes. like hung out with them while Wirt was asleep. And 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 also yes, and also and and that could be extrapolated or perceived to us as like, oh, this is Wirt's dream or this is Greg's dream. They kind of like this is one of the few times where they have like very clearly and maybe it's because and i had not seen the last couple of episodes maybe this is because it is starting to become more grounded and more real in the world that they're living in um as opposed to like these fantastical dream things things are starting to get a little real um but uh there's no there's nothing they couldn't have done just in this world um and pointed to well you you know you you perceive or you you interpret what we are saying here. They are very specifically telling you what to feel here and what this means. And it does feel a bit out of step. I don't think I disliked it as much, but it definitely, uh, like I said, does feel like it's, it's uh, you're, you're putting the, the horse before the horse. We're just all horses, horses all the way down. Talking horses, we talking horses. Steal. I want to steal. I want to steal. <laughs> um, but that's uh, that is that is a lot of what I was thinking about watch, while watching this. Just like the Lewis Carroll similarities and how just like I see Alice and Wirt in like kind of similar. Maybe maybe the combination of Wirt and Greg. There's a little bit more whimsy to Alice that that Greg at Wirt lacks. Um, and maybe there's a reason for that that we might find out in the next couple episodes. Um, but, uh, I, I found myself really going back to the world of the Mad Hatter and the world of, um, the Cheshire cat, uh, Cheshire cat be and Beatrice feeling very, you know, uh, similar and, and, and the, the caterpillar well, and like Beatrice specifically has a Tumnus arc here sure. where mm-hmm. she sold them out to this creepy witch mm-hmm. and regretted it. And then uh paid for that regret mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think that that someone who who has a better handle on c.s lewis could could uh argue with me i feel like the uh allegory of uh the lion the witch in the wardrobe is far more important to c.s lewis than the the growth of these characters that he is putting in that world the pevensies mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um but this one feels very rooted in like we talked about last time with into the woods and like you never leave the woods the same as you went into them. I really felt that like it's we're, we're never going to see a night and day shift here. It's going to be very incremental because this is just absolute like nonsense that they're going through. But slowly but and surely they're they're learning a bit along the way that, you know, helps them understand what the woods were for in the first place Mm -hmm. uh i have a critique hell yeah yeah. pour some salt on me baby i was gonna say pour some sugar but i feel like sugar is more of like the the positives but so pour some pour some acid on me (laughs) uh all white people very yes very yes yeah yeah that's a valid point Yes. Very like, white British. It is it is extremely common for for animation for like voice actors to not know the ethnicity of the characters they're going after. Uh, like 
the parts they're trying out for. Like, they just read the script. They don't necessarily know how the character is going to, like, be drawn or presented. Almost and, almost always they do the animation after the yeah. voice acting. So, like, you know, a, a good example of that is, like, Taylor on Star Wars Rebels plays Ezra. Ezra is very clearly meant to be, like, Indian. Taylor is white. But then the actor who voices Agent Callus is uh, a black uh, black uh, voice actor, and Agent Callus is white. It's just because like those decisions are about the character designs are made after typically uh, the recordings are done. Uh, so like, I mean, obviously it's not great if you have an all white voice cast. But what my 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 point is like any of these characters could have been characters of color even after you cast uh, Doc Brown. You yeah. know, like like that, the, the, the woodsman could have been uh, a, a character of color. Didn't need to be white just because you cast Doc Brown. Or yeah. uh, the the kids, you, you know, you got Elijah Wood on the hook. That's a big name. Doesn't mean the character has to be white. Mm-hmm. Uh, with animation, it, it's, it's uh, generally seen as not... Uh, not problematic typically uh i'm sure that there are people on both sides of the issue uh who have kind of eloquently argued whether or not that's okay or not but traditionally with animation it's not as big a deal so they could have had some characters of color on this show uh to my memory we have not seen any and i do not know the lineup of the voice cast so there could be uh voice actors of color uh, I just, um, I'm not sure if there are or not because all of the characters are so white. I believe, let me, let me double check something real quick because I, I thought of this point as well. Yeah. So the, uh, I, I had looked through last week, some of the, um, the guest, the, uh, kind of the guest cast. What do you, what do you call that? Guest stars. Um, because I, there were many, and I recognized some names and some or some voices that I wanted to uh, confirm for myself. And I just, there were lots of other names that were interesting. Um, the only, to my knowledge, black voice actor is uh, Jaron Blindboy Paxton, um, who plays uh, the Highwayman, mm. which is unfortunate. Um, like it's unfortunate that there's only one, uh, black voice, voice actor or any, you know, any, any one character of color or voice actor of color in the entire project. But the fact that that is specifically the one who's like, Hey, I know you're talking about something else. Let me sing a song about how violent I am and how thieving I am. Um, it, it just, it just feels bad. Yeah. Not great. When everyone else is so like British fairy tale storybook white and British Uh, like wig wearing white. Connected to this, but as a positive, uh, Tim Curry is anti whisper. Fucking awesome. Love Tim Curry. I did not realize it was Tim Curry. I did not either. That rules. Yeah. So, So like it's it's clear that they could have gotten whoever they wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to bring it back to a negative. They mm-hmm. could have gotten anyone. They got Tim Curry, they got John Cleese, they got Doc Brown, they got Frodo. Like you could have you could have gotten fucking anyone for this show and 
Uh, it's just white on white on white all the way down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, not wrong. Not wrong at all. You want to talk about good stuff? Because it was still very good. Yeah, it's still a very good show. I still like the show very much. My favorite episode is with the frogs. I like all the frogs on the boat. The frogs They're little costumes. They just make me feel joy. I love them. I love every single one of the frogs. They make me feel happy inside when they're doing human things, even though the frogs and George Washington's naked... He's naked. He's the a little president pervert. president is naked. He's that's, a little pervert that's frog. That's what Greg is calling his pet frog for part of that episode. He changes right. the name of the pet frog about every five minutes. To Benjamin Franklin. Benny Franks. Very Representing good. Philly. We love uh. Benjamin Franklin in Philly. <laughs> um, yeah, that I, 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 uh, I really lean on the music. Uh, not lean on it because it's not like you need to lean on this kind of, you don't need something to lean on here, but the music is so good. And that song that George Washington sings um, is the, the titular over the garden wall. It is so good. Like it is so soft and sweet and bittersweet. I, I really on, on the second watch, watch through of these episodes, including the first chunk, I really listened to the music and, and read, tried to like bask in it because the the blasting company who does all the music for this series bravo like it it just really captures the vibe here and brings something so unique to the table um in this series that is not i would not call it a musical i guess it is there's music in every episode yeah and it's performed by the the cast so i guess it Mm -hmm. technically is a musical um and it just doesn't feel that way. And not that I'm uh, anti, I'm obviously not an anti-musical person. I don't think that would take away from whatsoever, but it just doesn't, it feels very much its own thing. Um, it's very good. Very good. Go listen to all the music. I am like, uh, found out that there was a vinyl released in like 2016. And now I'm like on many eBay watch lists trying to find <laughs> one that is, uh, mildly affordable. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, love the music and and love George Washington's little little solo in that in that episode. Uh, the Auntie Whispers one was my favorite one. It it mm-hmm. carried through that theme of uh, like some things are uh, like kind of spooky and upsetting, but that um, spooky and upsetting. I was trying to say either upsetting or unsettling. Mm-hmm. And I just smushed them together. Anyway, some things are kind of uh, spooky and upsetting, but that doesn't mean that they're bad. It's a, it's a little bit of a darker uh, example of the, you know, ye oldie don't judge a book by its cover sure. thing. Um, but I also love that um, at the resolution of the Auntie Whispers episode, um, Lorna, like, you know, you you thought at first that she was going to like run away with Greg and Wirt. Uh, but once the, uh, the evil spirit was out of her, uh, she just wanted to stay with auntie whispers because they loved each other, you know, like mm-hmm. they loved each other, like family. They, they said that auntie whispers was not her real aunt, but she... well, that was the demon talking then. So it could have been lying. Oh, when it's, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's not like, that's not the point. Um, creepy pasta, creepy pasta. <laughs> 
Uh, it doesn't matter if Auntie Whispers is her real biological aunt or not. Uh, she she decides she wants to t stay with Auntie Whispers because she loves Auntie Whispers, even though Auntie Whispers is very spooky and scary looking and has a scary voice. Mm -hmm. She's the good one who's taking care of her. She so, eats turts. She evidently eats turtles. Eats them turts. Yeah. They are, those turtles are, they look a lot like the turtle that the the dog ate at the very beginning that turned it evil. So maybe Auntie Whispers is doing the world a great service by eating this specific <laughs> kind of turtle and not letting dogs eat them and turn into werewolves. I love that. I Where love dogs? That. You know it's well known because Dog the little wolves. raccoon friend in in the uh, in the schoolhouse episode sees one of those turts and is like, "Get out of here, turt! Yeah. Not eating you again! Not turning <laughs> into an angry river, yeah. student squirrel or raccoon." I like when they're running around on the boat and having their little adventures. Uh, Greg salutes the frog captain. Dead. It makes me happy. Got it. It listen. Got to you. Got to abide by the maritime laws of the sea. Yeah, shows a great deal of respect to the captain. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, these episodes also, like I mentioned, had some of the uh, all-time greatest uh, uh, quotables over the garden wall. Quotables. I want to steal is top-notch. I want to steal, and also we're here to burgle your turds. Yeah, <laughs> Adelaide is upsetting. Yes. Oh, yes. Adelaide is so very scary. Upsetting. Adelaide so gives scary. me big to, to talk about creepypastas. Were either of you, uh, I guess no one was a fan of this thing. Were any of you like per consumers of salad fingers back in the day? I'm I'm aware of salad fingers. Okay. Yeah, I've seen the salad finger. No, I haven't seen all of them, but like it was the sort of thing that, you know, my friends in high school sure. thought it was edgy to, to share yeah. with each other. And so yeah. I've, I've seen a couple of episodes of Salad. Uh, I would not recommend that anyone uh, go back and try and find Salad Fingers. You might open some kind of Internet Pandora's box that haunts us all. But uh, I got big vibes of that, of like uh, her kind of being the creepiest thing ever, but also unaware that she's the creepiest thing ever, which makes her even creepier. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, very, very uh, bad vibes, bad unsettling vibes. Uh, yeah. Um, but a good, I, but a good, like a good, like addition to this show. Like there, you know. Yeah, fits fits the vibe extremely well. Fits mm -hmm. the theme. Um, I also was uh, like terrified in a in a in in the way that is good in Over the Garden Wall that. The way that um, Beatrice and her family are going to get unbluebirdified, apparently, is that they have to cut their wings off with a special pair of scissors and it will turn them back into humans. Um, and Adelaide has the special scissors. Now, granted, I don't know if that's true and that's going to fix them, but clearly Beatrice believes that that is what's going to fix them. Yeah, I feel like there's, I mean, again, I don't, I don't know what happens at the end of the series and I don't want to get too head cannony, but I got to feel like there's like a genie's a genie's curse at that one. Like you cut off your wings and you come back with no arms or or something like that is that is uh, less appealing. I think that I think coming back with no arms might be too dark for this specific show. I, I don't know. Did you see Lorna? 
Lorna was incredibly scary. Yeah, but she got she got cured in the end. She got you know, better. It was all she okay. did get better. Like there's there's a lot of stuff that is scary, and then it's all okay in the end. And I think that's kind of like a kind of a hallmark of this show. Like there is there is dark and bad stuff, but it 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 can all be okay if everyone is kind to each other. The length of episode really kind of lulls you into a false sense of security, mm-hmm. because up until episode, I guess seven. Or episode six is when you find out that Beatrice has been betraying them. Mm-hmm. Um, more like Beatrice. No, that didn't work. Oh. Um, ah, Judas. We're like, we're like Beatrix. Oh, yes. Um, like, <laughs> the stakes are incredibly low because they kind of have to be because there's only so much time. Like that is something that I even found myself leaning on in episode eight or in episode seven with Lorna is that like, ooh, Lorna is very scary. Or even before that, I was like, Auntie Whispers is very scary and very creepy. And I do not like also gave me a bit of salad finger vibes. Um, But surely we must be at least halfway through this episode. Maybe like things will get resolved soon and it will be not so scary. And then Lorna happened. And I was like, when is this episode going to be over? I'm so scared. Um. It really like they have done a lot of work establishing up to this point the rules of the world. And so now they can do a lot in that 11 minutes and they mm-hmm. take advantage of it and they do such a good job like capturing all of the, the the vibes and feelings that they are they are seeking to do very well. The show is perfect. It's so I think good. I, I think I have a crush on the beast. Yeah. The beast is sort of hot, right? The beast yeah. is, I mean, especially for you hot. two, I could assume how the beast would be incredibly fuckable. But what's that mean, Ronnie? Because you're a couple of monster fuckers. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Yep. Um, but yes, no, I agree with you. Even even from uh, this normie over here, uh, it's uh, beast is beast. The the uh, whether it's the voice actor or just the kind of like mysteriousness. Of it all, it's very yeah. He's oh, he's, I mean, a big part of it is the voice actor. For big sure. part yeah. of it for sure. Yeah, uh, it, it it feels like a good neighbors Lee original uh, monster fucker uh, bait right there. He just feels very hot. It's it's big Grim Reaper energy too, like a bad guy who's just like present and bad because he is perceived that way. Um. But there's nothing you can do about it. And he mm-hmm. knows it. Like, very, like, uh, uh, top. Big top energy. Big uh, big yeah, dumb energy the, there. The beast uh, feels like a like a part of nature. Yes. Uh, like, he's he's very, um, uh, like, he is, he is a native energy to this world. And uh, is sort of an eternal presence uh, that... We'll, we'll see if that is true, but it certainly feels it, all all of the vibes match up. All the vibes yeah. match up, and uh, like Greg and Wirt, uh, like do feel like outsiders here, but mm-hmm. it's it's very clear when something is like native to the woods, so to yeah. speak. Which like again, the poet uh, Marshall Mathers once said, "Sure, uh, I'm gonna stick my." Dick in the dirt and fuck the whole universe. I'm huh. sorry, what? And that the is universe? a sequitur to this in what way? Yeah. 
the beast is a part is like a natural law, and Eminem is going oh, to no, shove I'm his dick. Not in letting the you Andy, have no. this. I'm mm. not letting you have this. No. <laughs> you walk eight miles no. away from the microphone right now. Yeah. Eight mile. Aha. Uh-huh. Ah, there you uh-huh. go. That was it. Was Ronnie's was a better was good. Uh, sequitur yeah. than yours. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, Sometimes you just gotta fuck the force of nature. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, that we said that and we agreed. Physical, and then you yeah. brought, the beast has a physical form. You brought you Mr. Mr. Shady, comma Slim into this. <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> um, you said the lyric is "stick my dick <laughs> in the dirt and fuck the whole universe, not the whole world." Is look, it the universe look, or the world? S- s- who who can navigate the the maze that is the the mind of Marshall Mathers? Are you remembering it correctly though? Or are you I sure? I have no idea. Okay, I'm, I have to Google this now. This is the episode. <laughs> <laughs> my search my search history. I yeah, cannot open an incognito in tab and type "stick my dick <laughs> in the dirt." I can't wait for this TikTok, Robbie. Uh, okay. Let me let me. Why is there? Why is it not the first thing that comes up when I type when I Google "stick my dick in the dirt"? You have to put Eminem first, <laughs> Jesus. Eminem. There's another. There's other songs. It's just there. We go on. Not afraid. He's got the urge to pull his dick from the dirt and fuck the whole. U- pull his dick from the dirt. Okay. Okay. And fuck he's, the whole universe. He's pulling his dick out. He's that not makes even it in. less sense. The, what the, the fuck? The lyrics are forget the earth. He's got the urge to pull his dick from the dirt and fuck the whole universe. Okay, so he doesn't okay. just want to fuck so planet he starts, Earth. He wants to fuck the, the galaxies. Off fucking the planet Earth. And <laughs> like you do. I'm doing this for me, so fuck the world. Feed it beans. It's gassed up if it thinks it's stopping me. Why do we let this person have, have an album? <laughs> Don't be mean to rabbit. You know what? I, I learned, I, I'm reading a book that Andy gave me about the making of Mad Max Fury Road. And it truly, like, it. there's enough there for an entire book. They're not stretching one inch. It, it's, it was wild. Everything about it is wild. It's a very good book so far. Uh, they briefly considered Eminem for the role of Max Rokotansky in Mad Max Fury Road. Um, George Miller is, like, very, he's very uh like unconventional and like something about Eminem appealed to him he genuinely believed like after having seen 8 Mile that Eminem like could carry a film and he was like yeah let's uh let's think about it thankfully that did not happen it would have been a very different film but just thought that was wild just wanted to drop that little fun fact god this song Ron, is so long if you're making a face i can tell you're st- I could tell you were still reading it, so... Uh, it's just so long. Quit playing with the scissors and shit and cut the crap. Cut it out. He talks a lot about poop and shit. I remember specifically about, about Eminem for some reason. Um, Why are... How, how, I don't want to talk about Eminem. First we were talking about Taylor Swift, and now we're talking about Eminem. I want to talk about Over the Garden Wall. It's the only good show we've Andy ever did watched. This to us. Yeah, no, that is fair. We need to. We need to really human. let's 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 rein it uh, back in. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I brought Rabbit into this. 
speaking of rabbits, I was uh, <laughs> it, to Evan's point about them feeling like outsiders here again. It very much feels like Alice in Wonderland to me. Um, I, you know, none of these people know what's happening in the world around them, but they're all accepting it, except for Wirt. Wirt is very much like this is, and Greg to some extent, like even when, uh, you know, in a different kind of way, but when Beatrice says, you got to listen to what people around you say because the world is miserable and you just got to deal with it. And Greg's like, I'll do what I got to do. And his uh, instinct is, well, I'm going to make the world better then. I'm not going to I'm not going to just do what people say. Um, both of them like see this as like bad and wrong, which nobody else seems to. They're just accepting the world around them, except for maybe the woodsman. But I have vi- I have a feeling that the woodsman is is more of the of the world of Greg and Wirt than he is of the world of the unknown. Uh, no spoilers for me. Um uh, I I want to know what your uh, theory is, Ronnie. I I, I want to. We're gonna finish it up next time, so I want you to get down your. I want to sure. get your, get your theory on record, and then we can see if you're correct. I won't I won't respond with spoilers. Um, so the end of the end of these episodes, Greg is going off with the beast. Mm-hmm. Wirt falls into a frozen lake. And is pulled out by uh, Beatrice. I feel if I, if I had to guess, just like based on like the hero's journey and like story structure and what I like, what this has kind of been, it is um, in the real world or, or or whatever. Just like in a in a different place in time, uh, Greg is in some incredible danger, and Wirt is. Um, upset with him or angry with him for some reason and he either is is waffling on on whether or not he should she should go out and try and find greg because he made him so angry or something has already happened to greg and wirt is um trying to make peace with himself um about how he could not help greg or whatever which feels incredibly dark and like i don't you don't have to don't have to give any reaction because i i don't want to know one way or the other and 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 that might be something totally different but i have also as a parent of of two children and as a uh person as an older brother to a younger brother um the more i've watched this the more like emotional i have gotten um about like the dynamics of siblings and the ethics of even like having two children more than one children and like the expectations that you put on your children um in in any facet and 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 the the most important thing through this whole series is that not only is not the most important thing but greg and word are alone whatever is is going on their parents are not with them um, Wirt is very from the jump written as responsible, according to the woodsman, for Greg and for Greg's actions. And the dynamics of that, the the like the the you are your brother's keeper kind of thing, is as I'm embarking on this parenting journey and understanding how weighty that is and how heavy that is, and that is not your sibling's responsibility. That is 
solely on your parents and and to to be there any at any cost and they're not here and what does that mean especially in keeping with the fact that we know that uh greg and wirt do not share a father uh greg's uh wirt's mom married greg's dad um and then greg was born after the fact so greg greg is is you know wirt's brother half brother but like he and his father came along after Wirt had already, you know, developed and, and and gained his own sense of identity and his own sense of self, which like the show is very much trying to make Greg the the wrench in that. Um, and and so there, there's a lot of dynamics that way that like I don't know. There's there's a lot. I, I'm excited to. I don't want to make any like bold um, assessments of what the show is trying to say and what it has to say about siblinghood and parenthood and and being a, a an adult before you're ready um which i think is touched on in a lot of the the parallel works that we've talked about today um i i want to know more about what the show is but i'm it, it it is a lot it's saying a lot and there's a lot to be pulled from it and that is that is without me even tapping into my my head canon brain um mm -hmm. I'm trying my best not to do that, though. After rewatching the intro with all of those little vignettes, those like strange vignettes, it's very hard not to have a million head cannons. Um, yeah, I, I, I am excited to see the how the show concludes in terms of like a very the beast sense and what is happening in this world. But I am far more interested in what things are like for this family, for Greg and Wirt and and their parents wherever if ever they may be um, and, and what that has to say about that specific dynamic, because I'm very invested in what is happening there. Uh, I think all of your theories are solid and understandable from yeah. what we've seen so far. Yeah. You're on the right path. Yeah. It, it's hard to know whether the unknown is real or not. It feels like it can't be, but also I don't know the world that Wharton and Greg come from. This is from Cartoon Network where, uh, regularly there are shows, there's a show about, uh, people who work in a park, except they're not people. They're just like a squirrel and a bird and a talking gumball is their boss or whatever. And like, mm -hmm. that's normal. Who am I to say what <laughs> the world of Greg and Wirt should not include, uh, animals who wear pants and go to school to learn, uh, counting and spelling. Um, mm -hmm. yep. it feels fantastical to me. So I assume it must be some kind of like dream or 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 fever state or something like that but it i i don't know it it, it feels like a stretch at the very least can i name two more things i like yeah. yeah i like when greg falls in the water or sorry when wart falls in the water and he needs to get rescued by beatrice that uh he gets rescued by a net and the person working the net is a fish in a boat yeah <laughs> and uh i like it when all the little froggies are wearing uh people clothes and they 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 slowly fall in love with the music and start dancing i like when they dance mm -hmm. i like the um we've talked about this in other shows this is a little different the anachronisms that are like super duper subtle where like <clears throat> through this show we we feel like we are set in a different time but yet in the Pottsfield town episode, Wirt says he's looking for a phone. 
which mm-hmm. like I guess they had phones, but I guess you would have probably called them a telephone. It feels like he's looking for like a modern day phone. Uh-huh. <coughs> uh, Wirt also says uh, when they're in the mansion and uh, the old man calls them children, uh, Wirt goes, I'm in high school. Right, right. <laughs> Which you would think is not like a thing in like 18 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he also, in, in the tavern episode... He goes, let's see if anyone there can give us a ride, which, like, I guess you could mean a ride on a horse or a ride in a carriage. But I feel like you would say, like, let's see if anyone has a carriage or has a, like, give me a ride feels like a very modern. Let's see if they've got a car. Let's see if, if they've, mm-hmm. you know, if we can hitch a, hitch a ride out of here, mm-hmm. um, which, like, lends more more to the like the they are not of this world. They are they are from someplace different, some other time or something. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to figure out what that is. You're going to have two tinfoil red string conspiracy boards, Ronnie, one for T Swift and one for over the garden wall theories. I mean, it's both, it's both going down tomorrow. Midnight's is dropping tomorrow and I will be watching all of over the garden wall with Lila tomorrow. So big day, big day for, uh, solving all the clues. Mr. Policeman, I gave you all the clues, and it's all on uh, tomorrow. Can't wait to finish the show. I know. I was almost ready to be like, I don't want to say goodbye, but we have we have a bunch more episodes to talk about. Well, two more. Two more. We have the conclusion of the show to talk about. We could do a post-show wrap-up and maybe get a cool guest on. I think we should. I think more than any show, this show would benefit from really really tearing it down with all my head cannons mm-hmm. and my mm-hmm. creepypastas no I don't think I'll have any creepypastas because that uh, is pretty averse to me but I do have some head cannons and I remember seeing something on TikTok that was like a head cannon or uh, a um, like a secret revealed kind of thing of like is this do we connect the dots is this what the the artist intended, uh, and I didn't real- remember that I had seen that until uh, I had met Quincy Endicott. Um, and so I, I'm excited to try and go through the, the terrible search functionality on TikTok to try and find that video to uh, be excited yeah, you're about not, it again. You're not meant to find things on no. TikTok. TikTok will deliver you things. Right, right. And TikTok will give you exactly what it wants to give you and nothing else. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got some things to say about that, but we'll we'll save yeah. that for another time. TikTok uh, bad, anyway. If you like spooky things, there's another show on our network. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. It's uh, Force Friends Rewatch. <laughs> no, I don't know. Sometimes that Ryan guy talk about salad fingers. Um, no, yeah, it's Good Neighbors. It's good neighbors. Good neighbors, yeah. They're good neighbors, and yet they have to be good because all of the monsters are so, so bad. Um, yeah, if you like monsters and spooky stuff and fall, you should check them out. They got new stuff coming soon, maybe. Very soon. Very excited about that. Um, spoilers, I was, I've was been working on a, on a new theme song for season two, and it's... it's I'm liking Ooh, it. I'm liking it. I'm very it. excited. I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, 
check out uh, Good Neighbors, the award-winning podcast on our network uh, with uh, featuring award-winning voice actor uh, Andy, Andy oh, Hodges. Fuck. That's me. Um, yeah, my award-winning voice actor spouse. Mm-hmm. That's me. Um, check out Fan Fiction is Good, actually. There's episodes dropping very soon. Yes, we had to record another segment because uh, some fan fiction drama happened in the Song of Ice and Fire fandom, and so I have to stitch that in now. But, yes. We recorded an extra hour of content. Yeah, it's oh like a two-and-some-change-hour episode now. Well, so you've been gone for a while. It, I think it's, yeah. I think that's. I think the listeners will, will uh, approve of that. Yeah. Um, you could yeah. turn it into two episodes, too. That's true. Part one, part two. I could. I could. I, I, I'm. I'm still. I'm fiddling with it. We'll see what happens. Uh, Force Friends rewatch. Always a good time. Uh, if you haven't um, kept up, they are going over uh, all of the Twilight themed episodes. Um, what's the planet they're from? I forget. Ryloth. Ryloth. Yes, Ryloth rewatch. How could I forget? I type it yeah. all the time. Um, yep, That's going through all that. Where the Ark of the that. Covenant is. Yeah. Where the Ark of the Covenant is? Yeah, in Star Wars, there's uh, an Ark of the Covenant, and it's on Ryloth. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's just the Indiana Jones prop, and they put it into animation. Gotcha. Love that. Love that. It's it's an Easter egg. Yes. It's not like canon. I mean, it is canon. It's on screen. Okay, but... They're like, around with it. They, it they... doesn't have Yahweh inside it, but... <laughs> <laughs> has the Twilight Yahweh in it. Um... Uh yeah, maybe we might we might uh see some Harrison Dula in the in live action maybe soon, and so uh maybe you keep so up I... with with what's happening in Ryloth and and Twi'lek and all that through Clone Wars, Rebels, and and other Star Wars uh, media books. Even they're doing books on this show. Um, so go check that out. Go 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 check through the backlog. Um. And head over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash WTM radio uh, for we just put up a, some outtakes from last week's episode and there will be episode, there will be Taylor Swift, heavy Taylor Swift content, uh, probably before mm-hmm. this comes out. Possibly some heavy Eminem content. Probably, possibly some heavy Eminem content. <laughs> I, we, we will see. Um, <laughs> I don't want to cut all the Eminem out of this episode, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, the more you talk about it, the more I have to leave in. Um uh, all that good stuff, plus some good stuff from Good Neighbors, uh, Force Friends Rewatch, and Fan Fiction is good. Actually, head over to the Patreon for some bonus stuff, um, and some uh, some bonus pods, um, and just bonus, just whatever we feel like doing. Uh, you know, uh, streams streams will be live for everybody, but maybe the video on demand will only be on Patreon. We haven't really figured it out yet. Um, but all of it over there, WTM Radio. You can go to wherethemade.com, give you access to our merch store. Uh, I feel like I don't know how to make it uh, merch without making it just over the garden wall merch. Uh, but I feel like this this uh, round of episodes deserves an ending pending shirt of some kind. Mm, um, that's very good. <clears throat> but until you do that, until next time, uh, we'll be back very soon with more over the garden wall. Um, Andy, how do we end yeah, these Ronnie. episodes? I want to steal. I want to steal. 
such a good scene. <laughs> such a good scene. We stole a horse. Yeah, well, he's a talking horse. He's here on his own and he can make his own choices. I want to steal. <laughs> it's very good. Very good. Where they may radio.